0: Well, hey everybody, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I am super thrilled for the conversation that we're gonna have this morning because in celebrating Mother's Day as a church, we're gonna celebrate God's maternal heart for us. And as part of this This Is Us series, we're gonna take a look at how God has been living out that maternal heart in the context of our church family and specifically how he's been raising up female voices and female leaders among us to share that heart with us as a church community and to really raise that value among us as a church family. So I have with me here uh, four women who've been very instrumental in the last number of years of this movement that we've called a movement of female empowerment. And I'm excited uh, for them to introduce themselves today. So Bonnie, let's start down with you and uh, just uh, introduce yourself, your name, and a bit of your family background.
1: Okay, I'm Bonnie Fowler, uh, otherwise known as Chris Fowler's wife. I've been <laughs> coming to the church many, many years. We've raised all our kids in this church, and it's—I uh, would say it's a—it's a very important part of our family's life. We are very involved, and our kids would say they—they they feel more at home at church than they would ever at school or anywhere else.
2: I'm Joan Hyatt, and. Um, Dick and I attend here, we've been here for 15 years. Um, I'm part of your board of elders and love being at Southridge.
3: And my name's Karen Mackay, and I'm married to Fraser Mackay, And we have two sons and we've been attending Southridge for
4: over 10 years now and, um, and call it home. I'm Carrie Jones and my husband, Steve and I, we attend the Vineland location with our three daughters. Grace, Eva, and Beth. And we've been around Southridge for, I can't believe it, but it'll be 17 years this summer. Yeah, a long time. Really awesome. And I am actually new to a staff role. So I am the family life pastor in our Vineland location. And previous to that, I was a board member with Joan for eight and a half years. And Jeff.
0: Well, listen, we're here to talk today about this journey that we've been on as a church to raise the value and the profile of female leadership among us. And the language that we've used for years in our vision is is we got a sense from God that he wanted both the spiritual moms and the spiritual dads to be parenting our family together. And uh, I, I know that kind of back in the day that wasn't always the case. And so we're gonna kind of walk you through a little bit of the history and a little bit of this journey, beginning kind of at the beginning. And I would say from my perspective, you know, I started some uh, 20 or so years ago. And when Chris and Mike Krauss and myself were, were starting in the mid-90s, uh, you know, we kind of started out, I've shared many times, as this uh, cute little band of brothers. But over the years, this cute little band of brothers slowly grew to what seemed to kind of start to feel like an impenetrable boys club. And I I can't really describe it from my seat, but I'd love if some of you could describe it because you've all been around long enough to have felt it. And Bonnie, I want to start with you because like you said, you were married to one of these, probably the cutest (laughs) of the band of brothers. Um, From your seat, what did it feel like back in the day before we were kind of naming and addressing all of this?
1: I I would say for me, um, looking in, I think one of the one of the things that I really noticed is that I think there was really a narrow view of what leadership looked like and that that it was really hard for women and perhaps even some men to fit into that narrow view of leadership. I would have viewed it um, sort of s- stepping back in what involvement I would have had. Um, I would have sort of more just done a task. I wouldn't really have felt like I would have invested myself uh, in the process, just recognizing i think from my perspective that there there was boys who still needed to grow and mature into humble men of faith and so they were still all kind of on their own journey and so i think part of that is we're wanting to embrace that part of the journey as well i think that that i
2: just saw a really committed group of guys who were a group of guys and you didn't ever get to mistake that there was there were from where i sat there weren't any women
0: now, theologically, back in the day, uh, I don't think any of us intended that. I, I know I certainly mm-hmm. didn't. And, and you know, way, way back in the day, two of our first three hires were females. Um, we were not bound by any sort of mm-hmm. theological restrictions. In fact, theologically, I would say back then and today, there are a couple really key building blocks to this conversation. One would be the idea that when it says in Genesis that God created people in his image, and it says male and female, he created them in his image, that both males and females are equal image bearers of the character and nature of God. And uh, so we just assume that God would want to reveal himself and and to lead our community in both of those ways, especially when we consider building block number two, and this is a little more debatable, I think, in, in the church universally, but We believe that the work of Jesus has been made available equivalently to the genders, and the Spirit of God, through the forgiveness made available by the work of Jesus, is available equally to both genders, and therefore the gifting of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's gifting is equally available to both genders, and so the logical conclusion for us is that the opportunities to express that gifting ought to be equal and ought to be full for both of the genders, that both genders uh, can be gifted by the Spirit of God in teaching and in leadership and wisdom and discernment and all these kind of parental functions, let alone just looking at the kind of uh, nuclear or biological family dynamics, where uh, dads and moms parent families together. And so, uh, that was kind of our vision from the very beginning, but conceding that that wasn't always the case, and, and in fact, we were we were far from that. I'm wondering, Joan, you touched on from the outside, noticing that, that this was kind of guys and only guys. What was your sense of what was stifling that? What, what, what was stifling that vision?
2: What we learned from Ellen Duffield was that women, and girls in particular, default really early to insecurity, and guys just go on ahead mm. and um, i think that's a big player in this
0: i want to talk about that uh, at this point because along the way as we started to kind of grow in our early awareness or even frustration about the limitations we were experiencing in this vision of full uh, kind of paternal and maternal uh, leadership in our church family uh, as God would see fit. He blessed us with this opportunity to meet a woman named Ellen Duffield. And uh, originally, as I understand it, Chris knew Ellen and introduced Ellen to a former staff member, a pastor on our team named Sophia Adama. And kind of one thing uh, led to another from there. Uh, Karen, in the early days of meeting Ellen, uh, talk about what her impact was uh, just on you.
3: Meeting Ellen was a real gift. I mean, Ellen has devoted her life to empowering women and in looking at leadership, the number one thing that she had learned was that confidence was the main reason why women weren't stepping up into leadership roles and looked at all the different factors that contributed to that. Seeing her science and hearing what she Mm -hmm. had to say was really a gift to me and very enlightening. And it was to hear her research that at age nine, that's a Mm -hmm. girl's peak level of confidence, uh, that was, Interesting to learn and interesting to reflect upon, and Ellen really challenges um, us to think about that. And she has poured her research and her work into coming up with uh, means and programs, being this next level, which we're going to be talking about, that empowers empowers women.
0: Anyone else want to say something about Ellen?
3: I th- I would like to just add, meeting Ellen was um,
1: because she's so influential, so intelligent, so. Uh, just intentional that meeting her meeting this person this leader housed in such a gentle kind spirit was inspiring because through her it was like it kind of blew the doors open on Mm. you lead from who you are absolutely whoever you are Mm -hmm. that's where you lead from and so it really was inspiring to go okay who am i and how do i want to lead from from who i am not to fit into some mold of what Leadership should look like but bringing my full self and I'd say that's what one of the gifts that Ellen sort of really brought
4: Yeah, there's something about her doing just that that gives the rest of us permission to do to be that yeah. and to do that mm-hmm. and to Find our true voice. And I wanted to add to what you said Karen um, in addition to girls being beginning to default to insecurity at age nine The other stat that really hit me was that women are approximately 10 years behind men in finding their voice um, and just realizing that that was true for me and true for many of my friends. And just coming to terms with that um, kind of woke us up to we need to change this for ourselves, but also for the generation coming up behind us. I
0: want to camp out on uh, some of this data that that I think we were gleaning from Ellen's research. And uh, just before this interview, you saw the promotional video for Ellen's book. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later, but you know she's done PhD level work on this. And I, I think the two things that, from a, the perspective of, a, of an existing leader at the time, the two things that were most, uh, I would say impactful, were first of all, this, this idea that a girl's confidence peaks at age nine. That was staggering to me and that from that point uh boys and girls and ultimately men and women they begin to default very differently so men will continue to grow up defaulting generally defaulting towards confidence where women will start to and increasingly default to insecurity you know you'll have she described it you'll have uh, a group of girls in college come out of an exam and just be fretting over, you know, how poorly they did, and they all got 95 on the exam, and you'll have a group of guys come out and fist pump and high five and think that they aced it, and they got 75. <laughs> like, it wasn't actually a real indicator of their confidence. Mm. It was just an indicator of their confidence. That was just mind-blowing, I would say, personally into to our leadership. The other one was, uh, she described it as the courts. Mm-hmm. Basically, this idea that men and women thrive in different climates, in different kind of environments, as if one is kind of a freshwater fish and one's a saltwater fish. I don't want to say which is which, but that's been kind of the mentality that's worked for me or the metaphor that's worked for me. And and between understanding this idea of the courts, that there is an environment where guys can more disproportionately thrive and a different kind of climate that's more conducive for women to thrive, on top of this this differentiation and confidence, uh, I think it opened our mind to a, a whole new world of how to develop people. My question is really for you, Carrie, just to speak a little bit more personally about that because not only have you grown up in the church and grown up in kind of some of those leadership worlds, but you got three daughters. Right. So was this data actually true to your experience?
4: For my girls?
0: Just, just in your family.
4: Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, definitely, it's hard for me to speak on behalf of my girls because I think they'd want to say their own words to some of this content. But I will say that um, Ellen talks about early intervention is the key because girls begin into default to insecurity age nine. Mm-hmm. She would talk about, and she talks about the nonlinear path towards confidence and finding your voice. And um, the key is really early intervention. And so, my girls, at least my two older girls, were a part of the Because I'm a Girl program. And so them being a part of that program and learning all of this information about you know, confidence and invitation and collegial settings and what it means to be a bridge builder leader and going through the BRAVE acronym, um, that really, really had a massive investment. And not that they didn't grapple with insecurity and all of the challenges of high school, but that foundation for them was really you know trajectory changing and altering for them massively. I think just to add into that conversation I'm not sure if it's
1: applicable or not but I would see sort of this confidence insecurity sort of on a two ends of a spectrum in some senses and and I think that statistics maybe maybe I'll, I'll speak to it personally. Like when I'm not necessarily always confident and I'm not necessarily always insecure. And I think sometimes we can maybe believe that there's this insecurity that wraps and boom, you can't, you're insecure about everything. Mm-hmm. And also the, the effect of voices inputting into your life. So um, I, you know, when you think back, a lot of the voices and what they're saying to you are really influential. But I had a I had a grade eight teacher who, mm-hmm. you know, I did, you know, spoken poetry and stuff and she got me to do it to the younger classes and you know encouraged me on a rotary exchange and all that kind of stuff so it was a person feeding into those things and so I was really confident in those areas whereas you know I had a you know a certain person in my family who would say other messages to me and but so then I became insecure in those areas and so I think in some respects it's it's kind of what, what voices are you hearing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are those voices saying to you? Because uh, even in my own girls, it's like, they, they, they had insecurity, but it wasn't in everything. There were certain things, and it was because there was a voice that said something.
2: Mm-hmm. Ellen, Ellen talks about an inner critic yeah. that, that girls have in their own heads um, as a result of the voices that they've heard from other people. Mm-hmm. And that inner critic is incredibly strong. Mm-hmm.
0: So coming out of these learnings, uh, we actually started to partner with Ellen on some real cool things. One of the things that I think she encourages to focus on was to start to make a, a disproportionate investment into the female leaders in our community, both the existing leaders and up and coming female leaders. And so the long and the short of that, for those of us who sure. haven't been tracking with us closely in this journey, are our kind of two main programs one's called next level leadership and one is called i believe brave girls we're (laughs) calling it now but it used to be called because i am a girl so um karen talk just a, a little bit about what next level leadership has been what it what it involves how it runs
3: so next level leadership is it's an eight module course that deals with the fundamentals of leadership so it ranges the very beginning we're talking about just what it means to be a leader, who's at the heart of our leadership, looking at servant leadership. And we delve into scripture and we focus on personality types. We focus on power. We focus on stages of faith. We then talk about communication. That's another module. We talk about um, connectedness. We talk about managing conflict. We talk about systems thinking, all the challenges that you have in leadership, mm-hmm. but along the way, it's giving the women an opportunity to reflect on who they are as mm-hmm. unique and um, made in the image of God, what their giftings are, mm-hmm. what they're bringing to the community and how each one of us have something to bring to our community. Mm-hmm. and. That's what the strength of the program really is.
0: And just to understand this a little more clearly, mm-hmm. this is these 8 modules. This is a 2-year intensive program. Two year yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it's about two dozen people at a time. Mm-hmm. So uh, a number of years ago, we ran two dozen of what at the time would have been pretty much our most senior leaders in our church yes. through this program. The four of you were all part of that first mm-hmm. round of Next Level Leadership. And now we've got a second round, and some of you were involved in leading that. We've got a second round happening now. Is that mm-hmm. correct?
3: That's correct.
0: The other thing that we wanted to do, because it, Carrie, you had alluded earlier to Ellen's comment that early intervention mm-hmm. is, is really the, the, the key. We wanted to try to create an early intervention in our context. And even though we've got, you know, student ministries and, you know, you lead them, right, Mm -hmm. Riot and Current and things Mm -hmm. like that, we wanted to make this disproportionate investment in up-and-coming girls. And so uh, talk a little bit about this BRAVE program and what it is and does
4: Okay so this program started in 2012, Um, so we're just finishing our sixth year of the program. It was formerly called Because I'm a Girl Um, and this year we've actually just changed it to Southridge Brave Girls and in case any of you are wondering there's you know that's been a a new change just a little bit of context on why that happened. Um, Somebody who is um, you know close to some of the staff Um, she was asking if we were affiliated with the Because I'm a Girl program in Canada. There's an organization called Because I'm a Girl. And we were like, oh, no, we knew that program existed, but we were like, oh, that's kind of confusing, and maybe we should rethink that. And this was all around the same time that Ellen's book was coming out, which is called Brave Women. Um, And the Because I'm a Girl program is a three-year program that begins and finishes with these retreats at Muskoka Woods. And so um, in some conversations with Ellen were we were talking about um the program we thought it actually made more sense to call it Southridge brave girls and the reason for that is because brave is the acronym around which the whole program is built so the b stands for beloved therefore beautiful the r is um, resilient therefore risk-taking the a is stands for action and advocacy so the idea about Um, justice and it's not just the action it's also the advocacy the two go hand in hand V is valuable therefore willing to use my voice and E is equipped and empowered and so that's really like the bones of the program and so that's why we've changed the name to Southridge Brave Girls and Ellen felt great about that I'm really honored that we would go that route Um, but back to this brave acronym so it's a three-year program the first year we, we just unpack what that means, what that looks like, and we just teach the girls scripture and stories and all different models to really bring that BRAVE acronym to life and make it applicable. The second year is all about spiritual disciplines um, and spiritual practices for them to deepen their relationship with God. And then the third year is about justice. It's the action and advocacy. And then we actually have some girls that just didn't wanna ever leave the program. And so we have an alumni group. And the alumni group, they study something different every year. This year, they're studying what it means for them personally to become God's story. And so they take this BRAVE acronym and then, you know, take it deeper um, to another level as to as to like what does it actually mean to live this out in my day to day life and what does that look like in my career choices Um, and the decisions I'm making with my life as I dream about that.
0: Uh, I want to talk about you know where we're at today. So I hope everyone's kind of followed the history of where God's been leading us in this regard, because there's some amazing stuff that the four of you have been very instrumental in leading as of late. Um, we talked about this next level leadership, this two year intensive. And the first cohort that the four of you were a part of is now kind of engaging together in some follow-up initiatives and Bonnie you've been willing to lead this the last number of years what are you seeing in this first cohort of next level leaders
1: um maybe I'll just start with when I took on the role I I sort of had interviews with everybody to kind of see where where were we at what were people looking for what were they feeling and I'm just going to read um sort of the vision for the group I'm not sure how well we've tracked over the next year we'll have I'll have that conversation soon with everybody but this was the heart of what people were looking for just so you can get a picture of what the women were wanting and and looking for um, so there's a growing feeling that we would love the opportunity to get to know each other's stories more intently because we sense that there is much to learn from each other We also desire each of us to embrace the full life that God presents to us with courage and confidence. We are aware of our own failings and struggles and look to be and are inspired by each other. We are longing for a tribe, for a people that cheer us on, that have our back and that listen to our highs and our lows. Therefore, the hope is that in this next season we can cultivate that kind of community, the kind of community that sees clearly who you are and accepts you for who you are. The kind of community that sees your potential and challenges you to reach out beyond your comfort zone. The kind of community that nurtures kindness, encouragement, gentleness, faithfulness, perseverance, and love. The kind of community in which you can succeed and you can fail. And each is an opportunity for celebration and growth. Mm -hmm. The kind of community that has a twinkle in her eye, always ready to play, to applaud, and to laugh. The kind of community where perfection is about being humble and trying new things and where success is found in loving our spouse, our kids, our parents, our coworkers, our neighbors and our enemies. The kind of community that is ready to reach out and welcome in the prisoner, the orphan and the widow. The kind of community that can ground and root each one of us in the love of God so that we can all become trees planted by streams of water. so I just wanted to share that because what kind of grew out of those, what we've been sort of journeying on together, is just things that have been, people have expressed wanting to support. So we've covered topics like mentoring, life balance, jealousy, contentment, voice, discernment, soul care, confidence and we also had the alumni from brave come in and speak to us and teach us which was a fantastic evening and then we've done a retreat and then at the end of may we have another retreat coming up where ellen's actually going to come and share with us um, again
4: anything
0: you guys want to say about this because you've been products of bonnie's facilitating and leadership in this how's it going i would add
4: that like the neat part about bonnie what you've led this group through is that it's been really collaborative, which is one of the strengths that women bring to leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And you've drawn out so much um, wisdom from the group. And so different people in the group have had a chance to actually lead some of these evenings, which mm-hmm. has been really, really cool. And we're finding that with our our new group of next level ladies. Absolutely. As we, I mean, we get to be the facilitators of this material, but as we lead these ladies, there is so much wisdom and experience in that room that yeah. they just like love on each other, minister to each other. Like, that's where the gift is. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a really awesome picture of of the church, really. Absolutely. Yeah, Karen, uh,
0: I'll get you to speak to the the second cohort of Next Level Leaders. Joan and Karen and Carrie all got certified in being able to now facilitate these mm-hmm. cohorts ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so you're about a year into the second cohort, is that correct? So
3: we started a new group,
0: yeah,
3: and uh, we're about a year and a half into it. Another and two dozen or so? It's 20 women, 20, okay. and they are from uh, each of the three sites, and it's a privilege to journey alongside them. Um, I have Carrie and Joan as part of the team, and they are just a dynamic group of women. Who Mm -hmm. are willing to be vulnerable, uh, willing to uh, just dig deep into how they can be the best leader they can be, Mm -hmm. how they can um, lead not only in the church, but in their homes, in their own sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And um, the vulnerability and the willingness to uh, just share and reflect upon themselves Mm -hmm. and what that means as they work wherever they are, whether that be in family ministry, whether that be in other aspects of the church, has just been a joy. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we just have to step back and get out of the way, because Mm -hmm. they have so much to share with one another. Absolutely.
2: We -hmm. had one meeting where we we, three of us just went, okay, we could leave now, Mm -hmm. they're fine. They're
3: fine, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's true. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Carrie, you've been a little close a little closer to the brave initiative especially Mm -hmm. in this last year or so as Mm you've taken on this this job um what are you seeing in that world these days now that we've got not just a year or so under our belts but like full three-year cohort graduates who are now alumni and reinvesting and what's happening these days
4: totally yeah it's so fascinating and interesting and and totally um, even God's grace just my story because I was a mom of girls in the program never imagining in a million years that then one day I would be leading the program and yet here I am um, and so it is really neat to have again like I mentioned I've seen my girls and and many other girls go through the program and now I'm leading the program and I mean the fruit of it is just everywhere i mean for example we just had six of our girls baptized yeah. mm-hmm. um you know when i was on this last retreat at muskoka woods at the end of march with um my leaders we just looked around at these girls we had our year three girls which is our graduating girls and then we had our year one girls on this retreat and as we looked around at these girls we were just like the future is in good hands these girls are world changers and they they get this and they are teachable and hungry, and like they're just. I wish I had that program. Let me just say this when I was in grade six, mm-hmm, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm just so glad to be a part of it for them. So, we're seeing it all over the place in, in girls taking up leadership opportunities like crazy. Just in my world of family ministry, on a Sunday morning, when I go through preschool, nursery, M&S, riot, I see these brave girls that are graduates and even still in the program essentially running our programs yeah. they're small group leaders they're music leaders they're helpers in preschool they're checking kids in like these guys are totally all in and it has never dawned on them a day in their life that they can't lead it's so normal for yeah, them
0: yeah it, it really uh, th- this is hard to really capture if if you're not in it and, and mm. seeing it um I would say as a parent I have a grade five daughter Mm -hmm. and Becky and I are just counting down the days until she can be part of this same court as as, as your daughter (laughs) and uh, are, are thrilled to kind of see the fruit of this ourselves but I'll tell you this I get invited to the graduation ceremony every year mm-hmm. of, the, of the next kind of third year cohort. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning, I've been invited to this graduation ceremony. They invite me to, to say a few things and it's more me sitting in the back and just taking it all in. And the, the, the degree of maturity and heart for god and like you guys have already talked about the sense of confidence and the testimonies Mm -hmm. of the transformation in their confidence and in their understanding of their identity and their true self it -hmm. it it takes your breath away Mm -hmm. and there are there are very few single environments that i can be in in an annual calendar where you can see just that much tangible Mm -hmm. palpable impact and it, it it really it's It's a can't-miss environment Mm -hmm. for me, for for sure. Yeah, it was an interesting experience when you first started uh, on staff and were immediately joining our our leadership team. We had a a fall retreat, Mm -hmm. and it was cool. Kind of sitting around the room, there were six of us, and three of them were women. Yeah, One of them's on a maternity leave right now, but she's like a month away from coming back, (laughs) so we'll be back in business soon in, in this dynamic where half of the voices Mm. are female voices and you know for me personally in all of this to to think about that you know band of brothers that was becoming an increasingly impenetrable boys club Mm. and to see the kind of the the nucleus of the epicenter of our church's leadership now literally equally represented Mm. in voice and heart and perspective um, from you know guys and and girls it 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 was, it was a pretty cool experience and we just mm. kind of named it and uh, had a bit of a sacred moment there mm. to say, hey God, you you brought us somewhere. And uh, that's, that's, it's been cool to enjoy now in, in the last cool. little while.
4: Can I just add to that? Yeah, Just to affirm you and the other men on the leadership team, I feel like you've made it really easy for us to be there. And so I feel like when I show up at those meetings or those retreats, I can bring the full weight of my voice and my passions and my personality and show up. Um, And so you guys have made that really seamless and that's not something I take for granted. And so that door of invitation has been a gift. Yeah, and and, Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, reciprocally, Joan, you commented earlier about sort of the notion of trying to fill quotas. If any of you do not know the three women who are currently a part of our leadership team, Carrie and Vicki Giles and Annie Froese, um, these these are about as Christian Mm -hmm. spiritual leader as you get. And they, they bring the full weight of, themselves and a full weight of voice and influence to our team and shape uh how we do church it's it's fantastic and really cool to to enjoy um just give us a bit of a picture into the future and where this is all headed where where do you see god through these things or maybe other things where do you see god moving our community in this way
1: i think too just in looking forward forward in seeing this movement and having more women show up fully as themselves in our community and saying yes and it's it's not it's going to inspire young girls but it's also going to inspire the whole community I think because um the husbands or the the significant people in these women's lives are they want they want that for for the people in their lives they want their voices they they respect them they want their voices to count and so it will inspire them and even for people who lead in different ways like because Mm -hmm. i think it i think it has the potential to inspire everybody Mm -hmm. i know for myself as having girls who've gone through and seeing them lead at work leading lead at school Mm -hmm. lead at church um and also seeing that you know this is a no-brainer i also have a son you know so you always people always bring up the mm-hmm. well what about the boys kind of thing and mm-hmm. and already because i've seen it you know well let's envision something let's let's see yeah, what else yeah. and i think this only means more can happen it doesn't mean that less is going to happen if you get the ball rolling and more people are active involved more people are going to generate more ideas to to help lift up boys and other people and and sort of this the seniors among us and mm-hmm all the voices that should be heard can can maybe hopefully come to the table.
0: Yeah, uh, I get asked the what about the boys question a lot. Um. The last time I was asked this question was by you, Karen, so talk about, talk about your heart for this as well.
3: Well, my heart is that I'm a mother of two sons and yeah. I have sat at these graduations um, for these beautiful young women who are graduating and celebrating and admiring uh, their strength and their, their courage and their confidence and grieving that my sons never had that opportunity. The messages that we're, we're giving, the BRAVE acronym, is equally applicable to the young uh, men and boys, and I would love them to get the same message. They need that too. Um, In our communities, our young boys need to be getting uh, mentoring. They need to be getting uh, opportunities Mm. where people are speaking into their lives, and just uh, instilling in them who they are in God. And uh, Mm. yeah, it's needed. Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Guys beyond, the the propagation of these and maybe even other programs. I'm thinking about all of us uh, from our church family across all of our locations, wondering what can each of us do personally? What can each of us do personally to maybe even just understand the maternal heart of God or to experience it to a greater degree or to practically contribute to us as a church community expressing that to a greater degree? Any tips or encouragements to all of us who are taking this in this morning.
2: At a very selfish level, I would want people to pray for those of us who are leading, because we need that prayer. I would um, I would imagine that, we talked earlier about the inner critic, that voice that young people hear, and I'm gonna say girls and boys. Boys, absolutely. The, the voice that they hear is, your voice matters, so your words matter. And so to be encouraging, to be a mentor, to be a coach, to be somebody who's there with your hand on their back is going to be really, really important because that's what they need. And those voices from a female perspective are the mom voices that are important in this.
1: I would say if like when you're thinking sort of more broadly about the maternal heart of God, like you, you think of making making i would encourage people just to make space for for god because you're you're not gonna get to know the maternal heart of god if you're too busy or you don't prioritize and Mm -hmm. you know god is with you and holding you and often people realize the maternal heart of god in moments of tragedy or difficulty or that sort of those sort of experiences where they're they're at their wits' end and they're crying out and they all of a sudden allow themselves to be embraced by God and mm-hmm. realize the loving, caring heart. But God is there with such kindness and love every moment of every day. And so, I mean, I would encourage people just to make space, to listen, to to be quiet, to to read, to... And even engage, like, one of the gifts I would see of women and is that collaboration that bringing things together and so what does it mean to invite collaboration into your life to not believe the lie that you you do it all on your own but that we're here to support each other Mm -hmm. and that's that's part of the beauty of the body and that's that's also part of you know the maternal heart of God so there's so much
4: just make space for it make space and and look for it and listen for it it's kind of a bit of a tangent but Bonnie when you were sharing that and just talking about bridge building and collaboration and and how women really need each other I was just thinking about this idea of a tribe it's um language that's been used a lot around different circles of women how we just really need each other and one of the things I shared last month um at our meeting with our brave girls was the picture of elephants in the wilds and so um I just came across this image recently. And so when a a mother elephant is in the wild and she's about to give birth, she's like in a super vulnerable place. And in that moment, um, what happens instinctively naturally is that the female elephants of all ages all come around her in a circle to protect her in that really vulnerable moment so that she's safe and so that she doesn't feel like her dignity is lost and she doesn't feel violated in any way. And then as soon as the baby's born, they lift up their trunks and they make this beautiful sound um, to celebrate with her. And so just that picture of what these elephants do both in protecting a woman when she's vulnerable and celebrating with her when there's a birth. And, you know, I just think about the women in my life and I know I'm in a girls group and we've been using this language of elephant sisters and I shared it with our our brave girls and everybody was just like, oh yeah, that really resonates. And so I just share that because I think we need men and women, of course, together to, to lead in the church and everybody wins when there's diversity. But I also just want to share that image because I think it's a beautiful picture of what women can be for each other. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talk a lot about with um, brave girls is that there is a thing called mean girls. And we want to counteract that and we want to be girls that protect each other and we want to be girls that cheer for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's just a really a cool picture. That's kind of I actually want to add the elephant charm to our bracelet for next year. <laughs> so, new addition. Awesome. I
2: think I think it'll be really cool when we get to the place. And hopefully it will be soon when spiritual parenting will be understood and where gender mm. won't be the leadership question, the question mm. of leadership will be about being willing to lead, being called by God and choosing kind of wisdom and commitment over whether we're male or female. I don't think mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. going to matter nearly as much, hopefully.
0: Gang, I hope that you are getting a picture this morning of what God has been up to these last number of years. Ladies, thank you so much, not just for sharing with us this morning, but for the literally years with which you've not only fully engaged in this journey, but been willing to be load bearers in helping us you know, move things forward and helping God move this this movement forward. It's been extraordinary to kind of watch for my seat. Uh, it is a new day around here and believing that both men and women are equivalent image bearers of God and that men and women have equal access to the spirit and gifting of God to contribute to his family in the body of Christ. We have dreamed for a lot of years uh, for a day where spiritual moms and spiritual dads would parent the family together. Uh, We are getting a lot closer to that dream thanks Mm -hmm. thanks to people like you. So really appreciate you. I hope you've been inspired
3: this morning and happy Mother's Day everyone, take care.